I'm Margie Alanis, and this is FarmHer Talks, thoughtful conversations to connect and inspire the FarmHer in all of us. This episode was so awesome the first time around. We're pulling it back out of the vault, dusting it off, and putting a little more FarmHer sparkle on it. Erin and I are here in the studio, and we are celebrating FFA week, and this year, it's a little bit more celebration if you are a farm her, because this is the entire year where we're celebrating 50 years of women being a part of the FFA organization. So woohoo. Yeah, <laughs> definitely something to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, we have had many um, shows already around this. You've seen things if you follow our uh, social media, all that stuff. But this is the week to really make a splash about it. And so... Uh, coming up in the show, we're going to be talking to a few women who have had FFA be a major part of their lives, and it has really helped shape their futures, and they're still engaged in it today. Mm-hmm. So um, now <laughs> I can tell you that I wasn't in FFA. I was in 4-H, but Erin, um, you were. Mm-hmm. So I was. I'm going to fire some questions at okay, you. I'm okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. So number one, tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about your FFA career. Like, what yeah. did you do? Were you an officer? Okay. So- you know, I spent how many years from the age of seven, whenever I could join 4-H until eighth grade was when we could join FFA. Yep. And we had a super strong program Mm -hmm. in Milton, Wisconsin. um, We had, gosh, I think when I started, we just had one advisor, Bob Johnson, Mm -hmm. and he built a really strong program. But we also had a super strong alumni. Oh, yeah. Which is a big deal. It is. It does. Yep. It makes a big difference. I've seen towns where that alumni chapter oh. like drives everything yeah. for that town. And they gave us so many opportunities as students in that program. So anyway, I I don't ever remember not wanting to join FFA or start taking ag classes you just in knew you were eighth grade. Do it. Yeah, I just knew I was going to do it. So eighth grade is when it started. And I mean, that was, I just remember that was, I mean, the highlights really like at that age were I knew he was going to go on some field trips and yeah. do some contests. And, and so that was cool. Uh-huh. Um, but that's when it started. Uh-huh. And I was active. It was really the only club I belonged to in yeah. high school. And I yeah. didn't play sports. You didn't play sports. So this, this it was, was your it. extracurricular. And it kept me busy yeah. because I did the whole experience from, um, I was an officer. I think I was an officer maybe my junior year and my senior year. Maybe I was secretary my junior year, but I was vice president <laughs> for sure. Looks like mine. Uh huh. Like, this what is great. Exactly. Happened? Yeah. <laughs> I know, but my best friend Kim was president. Uh-huh. I was vice president. Okay. And um, I believe that was my senior year, but I had a, I had an SAE, my supervised agriculture experience. Mm-hmm. I had, I got my state degree, I got my American degree. Um, I went to Washington Leadership Conference into the state conventions. It was, I mean, it, and it formed and I'm excited this whole time that we've been talking to people because it is so deep seated in my experience, right? The things I use today, every day on boards at work, it all came from my, my FFA experience. Right. And you know, it guided your uh, secondary education, secondary, whatever your college education. Well, as a junior in high school. So then we had another ag advisor, Diane Rundy Mm -hmm. and um, we had we had a large program. We had a greenhouse. Um, we did all kinds of stuff. We we did it all. But um, she was also very influential. Mm-hmm. And I knew my junior year of high school that I was going to go to school for ag education, and that was it. And then I thought, and that you did? I did. I did. I did my undergrad and my master's. And at that point, in my undergrad, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a professor of ag education. I had some great professors too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
But that didn't, that was, you know, I mean, that's when I thought my path was going to be very laid out and clear and yeah, not nice. winding. Which <laughs> Back before you knew the truth yeah, about how right, that works. <laughs> right. Nice idea. Um, but yeah, I did. And I, and I did teach agriculture and I was an FFA advisor as well yep. for two years mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Um, so I took it all the way to that point. Was there a person along the way that kind of helped plant that seed for you? I know you yeah. said you had yeah. advisors and you I had- I would say uh, Mrs. Rundy. She yeah. was our- our ag advisor. And she really, I mean, I worked with her on my SAE and um, she was awesome. But I mean, the whole program, even, even Bob Johnson, like it was, it was such a great experience um, that it just kind of left no question, at least to my future path at that point, what I was going to do, but yes, definitely influential. She was your, if you can see it, you can do it. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. And we did, I mean, we did all kinds of things. It was awesome. busy times. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one, we're running out of time. What's okay. one fun Aaron yeah. FFA fact? Okay. Well, this is, you know, I had to text Kim last night um, and I'm like, what was our, what was like the highlight? Yeah. And, but I had my own, but we were on the floor culture team. Yeah. Fun. And one. And so we went um, to nationals for floor culture. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would, I, I yeah. know that I would have loved that if I had mm-hmm. been an FFA. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. So it was great. And I still use that. I mean, like when yeah. I'm picking out my plants and identifying random plants here and there, I can still do it. <laughs> you can pull it out. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about your experience, Erin. Absolutely. Um, so coming up, we're going to be hearing, like I said, from a few women who have had FFA be a major part of their lives and who are carrying that forward still today. So stick with us here on Shining Bright. Hanging here in the studio, Erin and I are talking with Jennifer Marcheski. Jennifer, welcome to Shining Bright. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. So this episode is all about celebrating. I mean, gosh, we could do every episode every day, all year for the rest of our lives and never cover all the oh. amazing women who've been <laughs> right. part of the FFA organization. It's but true. Uh, this is the time to mm-hmm. have a few of those stories bubble up and um, celebrate some of the roles and things that women have done mm-hmm. in that organization uh, because 50 years, right? 50 years Absolutely. of women in FFA. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jennifer, let's uh, hear a little bit about you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from? Yeah, sure. So I grew up um, on a grain and livestock farm in Benton County, Indiana. Uh, Fowler, Indiana was my hometown. And uh, grew up there as a Bitten Central bison and um, very involved in FFA and 4-H growing up and uh, was able to serve as a Indiana State FFA officer after my high school graduation. And then uh, ventured on to Purdue and uh, received a degree in ag sales and uh, especially area in agronomy and uh, have been working in the, uh, in the ag industry ever since. Yeah, well, uh, it sounds like a, a like a real condensed version of I'm sure a lot of twists and turns <laughs> right. in there along the way, right? That's right. That's right. The high level view. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, okay, so you mentioned you just casually dropped in there that you were a state 
FFA president or your officer, sorry, not a president. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah. So um, I started in FFA when I was in junior high and uh, some of my first events were going to leadership camps and I remember doing some goal-setting sessions, and I always um, had the goal of being a state officer someday. And so um, I was elected state FFA secretary um, actually in 94, 95, which this is the 25th uh, year anniversary for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, it is. I can't believe it's gone that fast. Uh So did you say that you did that the year after high school, so you spent a year um, in that role? Absolutely. Okay. So we um, spent a year serving the FFA. We um, did a lot of traveling um, and speaking to mm-hmm. students across the state of Indiana. Yep. Which is probably how it made it on your list of goals way back when you were in middle school. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. I looked up to those yes. to those officers a lot. So. Um, awesome. Okay. So after your stint as the officer there in Indiana, what came next for you? Can you can you dive in a little bit deeper about your next step in your uh, professional journey? I always like to call it a journey, right? Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. this like tw- yeah. windy path, yeah. twisting and turning. So I finished up that year of service and um, decided to go to Purdue. And uh, I had decided Purdue um, before I was elected, just because you have to have a path, you know, a plan if if you don't happen to get elected. And so right. I was planning to go to Purdue um, in ag communications, actually. Okay. And um, after my year of service, um, I decided uh, you learn a lot about business and industry and in the ag industry. And so I had decided when I finished my year of service that I was going to go um, into food science. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I finished my freshman year and the science was a little overwhelming. And, um, <laughs> I, I laughing because I agree. I, yeah, I, would, I would be in the same boat <laughs> as a communicator. Yeah. I'm like, uh-huh. I feel like I stopped breathing when I hear that. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so I found my way into the Ag Egon department and, uh, and sales became a passion of mine. And so I finished my career at Purdue with an, a degree in ag sales and marketing with a specialty area in agronomy. Awesome. That's great. And what a great opportunity. You know, I didn't think about it to spend a whole year as a state officer and you're in and out of, of businesses and organizations and seeing so many different things. Um, that's like so invaluable. It was, oh yeah, it was an experience of a lifetime. It really was not only just the leadership uh, skills that I developed that year, but like you said, the networking that we were able to do throughout that year was something. Yeah. Um, this isn't in, in what I was going to ask, but I just have to know, like in, in being, you know, what an 18 or 19 year old Mm -hmm. spending a year basically on the road, like you guys are everywhere on the road, all over the state. I I can't imagine how many nights you travel, um, living out of a suitcase. What is the biggest lesson that you learned in that year as a young Mm -hmm. woman, like, you know, fresh out of high school, I mean, really finding yourself in, in so many different locations and meeting so many different people. Absolutely. So, you know, when you rewind the clock 25 years, right, um, you think about, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, cell phones. I, we did, I did uh, my, my, actually my grandma got me a bag phone yeah. so I would have when I was driving. Yeah, right. Um, but you learn very quickly. Uh, obviously, uh, you learn a lot about your surroundings and trying to stay safe, right? Yeah. I, I grew up in a little town and that was never a concern. You uh-huh. know, you knew everybody in our little town, but when you're traveling the state, it was definitely a different 
perspective. Um, we always tried to travel in twos, mm-hmm. so we always had a buddy. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a big change from, uh, my little small town with my mom and dad and siblings yeah. to going to, you know, traveling the state. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I remember back, I, I, that was my first bag phone when I became an officer, they yeah. wanted me to have one while I was on the road. <laughs> we so. all have those things that are like a sign of the times. Right. And that's just like this brief <laughs> yeah. moment in time. Like I, uh, I, I don't know if I've shared this on on here before, but my husband and I, when when we first started dating, we connect. We had worked together, but we we connected actually on MySpace, and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, gosh, there's only like so many people that can say that and <laughs> even understand what yeah, that even means. I forget about MySpace. I know it's hilarious. I know, isn't it funny? <laughs> I know it's such this weird little yep. blip in time, just like your yep. bag phone. But That's I right. can picture my stepdad had bag phone. I had. I can picture the bag phone my dad rented from work <laughs> yeah. for us to play with. <laughs> it probably cost like an insane. Like, 25 cents a minute to make a call. (laughs) So exciting though. Yeah. Um, That's great. Okay. So that's wonderful. Okay. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about your professional, um, you know, experience as you left Purdue and and where you went from there. Yeah, absolutely. So senior year, everybody's nervous about where they're going to land their job. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, I remember being a nervous senior going into career fair that year, and um, I was able to um, interview with Pioneer uh, back then and was able to make it through the uh, rounds of interviews, and they offered me a position um, in uh, their Rushville, Indiana location mm-hmm. as, a, as a trainee, basically, um, getting to learn the business and learn the product. It was uh, actually a production position. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, I ended up taking that role, um, and they called it management trainee back then, and um, packed my bags and moved to Rushville, Indiana, mm-hmm. and started to uh, started a career in the seed business. Yeah, very good. Which uh, did that, I guess, clear the path for what your role is today? Yeah, so I, um, I, I was started in that role and then became a production agronomist for about eight years with mm-hmm. Pioneer. And mm-hmm. I, it was a great foundation to my career. Yeah. I, you know, when you're out in the field learning about how the crops grow and how things work, it's just a, it was a really good foundational start for my career. And, um, I learned so much from not only my coworkers, but the growers I worked with and, um, just learned a lot about, you know, the seed side of the business. And mm-hmm. so it was a great start to, to my career. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Then, then you know, then had the opportunity to move up, you know, and, mm-hmm. and had some advancement opportunities. I was with Pioneer for about 15 years okay. before I came to FNC where I'm at today. Awesome. Good. Well, okay. It's always a windy path. Um, when we come back here on Shining Bright, we'll jump into what your role is today. And, and we also want to talk a little bit more about your experience as a woman in this industry, because that's, that's always a thing. Mm-hmm. So for any of you listening, do you use YouTube? That is one of the best places to see these farm hair stories. You can watch segments from every TV episode, our Everybody Eats videos uh, that complement our podcast and all this fun behind the scenes stuff. So check it out. Farm hair on YouTube. Welcome back to Shining Bright. We are talking with Jennifer Marcheski, who is um, with FMC today. We've been talking about the path of your career and your involvement in FFA. But can you tell us, Jennifer, what your role is today? 
Yeah. So um, about uh, five years ago, I took a retail market manager position with FMC. And uh, FMC is a chemical manufacturer. And so I support them on the sales side out in a, I have a territory in Indiana and uh, work with growers and uh, retailers all throughout the northern half of the state. Awesome. Yeah. It's a, sounds like a big job. Great role. Yeah. 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 My husband's an yeah. agronomist. Yeah. And so we, uh, you know, like I get some of this at least. Yeah. He was, he's not anymore, but he uses it all the time mm-hmm. in his current role. Yeah. And yeah. it is a solid yeah. foundation. Yeah. I've, I've met so many women who are agronomists yeah. uh, through these last seven-ish years mm-hmm. of Farm Her. And it is like a very foundational role yeah. in this industry. There's so many people that are... It really, yeah. yeah. It, it really gives you that base, you know, yeah. knowledge that you need to go and have a, right. a good conversation with gr- yeah. with growers. It's all so, about yeah. growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can understand it. So um, you have had a solid career for, like you said, you've, uh, 25 years marks the, uh, year that you were, um, an officer. officer. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes. so over those years, have you experienced anything unique maybe because you're a woman? Has it been uh, more of a difficult mm-hmm. path than you expected? I mean, you know, I always think about this. I spent 11 years in corporate agriculture and it, Definitely was different than I than I envisioned. <laughs> yes. You know, um, I, in, in where I was, I was one of few women, mm-hmm. right, in that role. And and not that anybody like necessarily did anything to make it difficult for me, but it was just hard when there's just not as many uh, people that maybe you would more easily connect with, or when you can't right. see that path. But yeah. um, I always think it's interesting. You know, you've navigated a career in this industry for. Um, over a couple of decades. And mm-hmm. so yeah, h- how yeah. has that experience been? Yeah. So I, um, you know, overall, and I think today's experience is way different than it was when I first started. Right. I mean, I right. think our industry has come so, a long way from that mm-hmm. standpoint. And yeah. so actually um, here at FMC, I'm on a regional team of five women and four men. So um, it's, it's awesome That's to right. have that, yeah. that diversity around me. But, you know, I go back to when I first started at Pioneer. Um, I'll never forget. um, You go through an interview process and then they select you and they choose a location for you to go and work at. And so I was, they allow you an opportunity to go meet that manager and make sure it's going to be a good fit for both you and for that, you know, that team, that local team. And I I walked into um, to Bill's office and and he, you know, invited me in. We had a great conversation and everything was, you know, going great. And um, he was actually the manager and I was going to be reporting to the agronomist. And he did share with me before I left that the agronomist had a big concern about having a female employee. And this agronomist was older in age and uh, maybe a little more traditional about Mm -hmm. himself. And, um, but that, that manager looked at me and he said, but I don't think there's going to be any problem. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of <laughs> thought through, you know, thought through that to myself. Well, I hope there's not a problem. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I go through my first season and the agronomist that I was working with came to me after our detasseling season, which we all know detasseling oh. is a very stressful yeah. time, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, very time sensitive. And, and he came to me and he said, you know, Jennifer, um, I had actually a lot of issue with you, you know, with us bringing a female to our location and, and having to work with you. And, and I didn't tell him that I knew. Right. You're like, never let really? on. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I said, really? And, um, 
he said, but I have to tell you, you just fit in like one of the guys and I can't imagine this place without you. And, you know, I think that really as a woman in ag, I mean, we, yeah, we probably have to work a little harder to prove ourselves, but any of us that work in the industry have to gain that respect. And, you know, if we all work hard at it, whether we're male or female, you know, you'll gain that that respect. And I I just, you know, I didn't let that bother me, but I thought it was an interesting story about how, you know, it really, he turned, turned his, you know, it turned his thought around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's always, that's one of my biggest stories, I guess. And it's always good when you can um, just through, showing up and doing your work and doing it well mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, being who you are that, that you can help someone realize that right. that was maybe slightly misguided thinking. Uh-huh. And I that's, get, yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. You know, and I learned a lot of those skills in FFA, right? I yes. mean, I think FFA really teaches you that confidence and really, um, you know, helps you become that, that person that, you know, is well-respected in the industry. That's great. Yeah. So on that FFA note, what is your involvement today with FFA? Oh, that's a great question. So um, I just recently joined the Indiana FFA Foundation Board. And yeah. so I've really enjoyed working um, with the foundation. And, you know, our goal is to, you know, help provide uh, the funding that uh, the students need to be able to have the opportunities mm-hmm. um, where they can learn. And um, I also um, coordinate the national FFA sales contest. Oh, yeah. Um, I coordinate, uh, help coordinate all the judges for that event. We usually have uh, right around 100 judges come into wow. Indy for, for the, for the two-day judging event. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely am finding ways to stay involved. And I have three <laughs> girls at home that are, um, my oldest is in seventh grade. And our school, unfortunately, does not have an FFA or ag program. Yep. And so I've been trying to be a voice uh, to hopefully get something started there so my girls have the opportunities that I did. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a great opportunity, it right? Is. Like it's, uh, well, it is. It, it throws you into situations where mm-hmm. you have to uh, think and figure things yeah. out and, you yeah. know, grow certain. And, and those are the places where we all grow, right. unfortunately, and, you sometimes. Know, I say to my kids who are eighth grade and fifth grade, um, and we do have an FFA program and I'm lightly hoping, I mean, that they will get involved, but the things I use today in meetings and board meetings and places I, I'm involved, all those skills came from FFA for me. Yep. All of them. I know. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. So that's pretty powerful. Yep. It is. It really is. And, you know, I mean, I think, um, you know, some of the, the other opportunities that the kids have at our school are great, but I yeah. think um, understanding, having a base knowledge of where your food comes from, I just right. think that that's so, so important. And yeah. the leadership skills that you gain mm-hmm. out of those ag and FFA um, opportunities are yeah. really important too. I'm right. curious, um, what events did you do when you were in high school? Oh, so I love the speaking events. Uh-huh. Um, Creed speaking was probably my favorite <laughs> my freshman year. I was our district winner in Creed. And then awesome. I did um, prepared public speaking and job interview. And yeah. um, I was a meets judger, too. Oh, you so were? I love okay. to do the meets judging. Yes. Yep. That's kind That's of where my That's a pretty serious one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My food science uh, direction there at Purdue kind of came from that. Okay. But uh, I quickly realized that working with people is definitely where I wanted to be. Right. So. Yeah, that's it's funny um, because one of the questions we had for you was <laughs> if you could still recite the creed. I'm betting you can. <laughs> I'm betting you can too. Yeah, I 
<laughs> I can actually probably a good it. majority of it. Right? That's yeah. awesome. That's funny. That's that awesome. is too funny. Yes. Good. Okay. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much. This has been a fun yeah. conversation and you are such a great representative representative of women who have uh, been a part of the FFA organization. So um, everybody, uh, I can't say enough about mm-hmm. Jennifer Maszewski, the retail market uh, manager yeah. uh, there in Indiana for FMC. So thank you again for joining yeah. us here on Shining Bright. And for any of you Thank listening, you ladies. It's yeah. been a fun, fun conversation. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. For any of you listening, be sure to check out our website, farmher.com. While you're there, sign up for the mailing list to stay in the know about all the things going on with Farm Her, from the TV show to the podcast. You name it, it's all right there. are continuing, I'm just going to call it a celebration of women being such a strong part of the FFA organization um, over the last 50 years. But I mean, it has, it has really built. And, um, you know, we, we talked to so many people like Jennifer in the last segment where, you know, it was a part of her life and she's still engaged in some ways today, but now we're going to take it over to Caitlin Remington, who, uh, was in FFA. We're going to hear all about that. And she is now an advisor. And so Caitlin, welcome to shining bright. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you coming at me from school or are you um are are you at home today? Yeah. I am actually at school today. I actually um, found someone to cover my class so I could actually do this with you today, Margie. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Uh this yes. is good because you know, um I see it all the time and I think anybody who's been in FFA is aware of it, the advisors and the the uh people, the adults, the the parts of the program that give so much of their time to, you know, help these young people who are in FFA uh, grow and expand. It's the most necessary part of the program, really, when I look across at people like you and what you do. So thank you for making the time today, because I know you have a packed schedule. Uh, um, So, Caitlin, why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, a little bit about your background as it relates to agriculture? Absolutely. Um, so I actually grew up um, in Denison, Iowa, uh, where uh, we actually raised um, some lambs on on my grandparents' farm. Uh, I was involved in both uh, 4-H and FFA. So of course, it was one of those. We were one of those families that it wasn't an option. It was kind of just like we knew we were going to be in 4-H. We knew we were going to be in FFA. Yeah. Um, and and it was just kind of like where we wanted to take that, like our path. Yeah. And so um, showed lambs at our Crawford County Fair. And then I joined FFA like as soon as I could um, in high school. And so um, I had awesome ag teacher, uh, Mr. Randall Coleman, that um, pushed me to to see what I didn't see. And so like had me involved in, in many different contests, like creed speaking. I can still say all five paragraphs of the FFA creed because of that. Yeah. And got me out of my comfort zone. I, I think that was my biggest thing. And um, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher growing up, but I didn't know what type of ag te- or what type of teacher. And so, like, it wasn't until like I was 
a junior in high school and I was complaining because at first I thought I wanted to be a math teacher because I really liked math. I was good at math. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I was having a terrible time in my statistics class. And so it was my ag teacher that basically was like, well, you like FSA, you like farming, you like being at county fair. Why don't you become an ag teacher? And it was one of those, hey, that's a great idea. And so... (laughs) Um, after I graduated high school, I went to Iowa State University and majored in I, uh, agriculture and life sciences education. Um, and yeah, from there, I, I graduated and went to um, East Marshall High School, where I started my teaching career. Awesome. So you mentioned creed speaking. Uh, you showed livestock as well. Was there any one part of your uh, high school FFA experience that sticks out that that really like carried forward with you? Um, I think it was uh, the fact that like we actually won our state competition in nursery landscape. And so we were, we had the opportunity to be um, the Iowa representatives at National FFA. We competed in, in the nursery landscape competition. And that's one of the things that I hope at some point I can get a team to, to be our state winner and then go compete at nationals. It was one of those amazing experiences that um, not many kids get to do. And so I, I really hope sometime that I can get a team or have a team qualify for, for our national competition. Yeah. And, you know, I think that you just hit it. I mean, for, for me, if I think back to myself at that age, when you throw a little bit of competition in there and the ability to kind of excel through that and to to have that experience of like, oh, I did this, you know, or or my team and I did this is like something that you can't, you can't recreate. You know what I mean? It's just like a, it creates that spark, right? And you definitely see your hard work pay off. And so it's one of those things that like you've worked so hard for this contest or so hard for this thing and, and you won and it's, it's this gratifying feeling. And now I, I get the opportunity to train my own students and see that spark in their eye when you know, they win sub-district contests and they know they're going on to that next level. And so that's one of the coolest moments for me as a teacher, because I know I had that moment in high school and now seeing someone else have that, you know, feeling of success as well. Yeah. You know, um, kudos to you too for taking that teacher's advice, because, you know, I think sometimes we come up with this plan that we're going to have and and there's something that we're passionate about sitting over here on the side, and maybe we don't realize that we can combine those. So uh, that's really cool that that you chased that path, you know, and you still are <laughs> on that yeah. path for sure. Uh, okay, so you said you went to what was it, East Marshall High School was your first teaching mm-hmm. uh, job. So how long were you there? So I taught at East Marshall High School, which is in Lagrange, so it's about eight miles east of Marshalltown for six years. Okay, uh, so I started. I started there and uh, taught for about six years um, until, yep, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, was it an established program already, um, I assume, up and running? Yep, it was up and running. Uh, They had had, um, basically, they kind of almost did what Bonner at Ferrara is doing now. They had a program, uh, they had changed their name, and some stuff kind of fell through the cracks, and so they almost had to recharter. But they did that before I had came. Uh, So, like, the new charter had happened in about... Oh, 2002. And so um, they had a, a program going. They had a full-time ag teacher. Um, just so happened that she was moving back towards her family more. And so this position came to open when I uh, graduated from, from Iowa State. And so um, 
it wasn't anywhere near my hometown, but I thought it was a, a good new adventure for me. And so um, started there, uh, had, you know, full class period, had an established FFA chapter uh, and, and really enjoyed my, my six years there. Yeah. What would you say, I'm, I'm going to keep asking you this, was yeah. maybe the biggest lesson that you took out of those six years there that you've carried forward with you? Um, I think it's the fact that um, students are not all the same. Yeah. <laughs> and what I, I mean by that is, you know, you can be teaching the same lesson about, about we'll say, breeds of livestock, you know, throwing throwing out that, you know, random ag fact today, breeds of livestock to the kids, but one kid's not going to get it um, as quickly as some of the others. And so you may have to change your, your thoughts and something that may be super simple to you that you know, like you grew up knowing these breeds of livestock. Some of these kids have never seen an actual animal in real life. And so it's some of those things that you have to change your thought process or change what you're doing and, and help all of them understand what's going on. Yeah, it's a real like start to finish look at it, I'm sure, yeah. because you know what, like I've, I've been hanging out in this egg industry for most of my professional life. And um, I still hear things that I'm like, what? Because just the other day, someone had a word for a breed of sheep, I think it was or cattle, I can't, I can't remember. And I'm like, yeah. I've never even heard that. What are you talking about? Just when I think I might be able to, you know, grasp it a little bit. There's always something more to learn for sure. Okay. Uh, so we are going to come back here in the next segment and we're going to keep talking about what Caitlin is doing today. She has um, moved on and um, is working on a brand new program and it's a pretty cool thing. And we've gotten to experience some of the young people in this program and, and it's uh, really a fun thing. So uh, on that note, do you YouTube? That is one of the best places to see our farm, her stories, watch segments from every TV episode, our everybody eats videos, and of course, other fun behind the scenes stuff from Farm Her, like bloopers, you know. And let me tell you, there are a lot of them. So check it out and subscribe today at youtube.com slash farmher. talking to a pretty cool woman who has had FFA, I guess, be a large part of most of her life from uh, the sounds of things so far. So Caitlin, welcome back. Um, let's start with what led you to the position that you're in today and and um, tell us a little bit about the challenge that you undertook with your new, it's not even new anymore, with your current position, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I actually, uh, well, I got married uh, in 2016 and um, my husband and I uh, bought a house here in uh, Bonda Ranch. And so I was taking the very long journey up to LaGrand, which is about 40 to 45 minutes, depending on how fast you want to drive on 330 um, up there. And so it's 45 minutes one way. Uh, and so after after some time and, and the fact that um, now I have a two-year-old son, um, 
I I kind of started figuring out that I needed some more time at home and specifically with Sam. Yeah. And so um, they actually it just, you know, miraculously happened that Bonneret Farrar had been looking at opening an egg position for, for quite some time, but never like really fully pulled the trigger on it until um, about two years ago. And, um, but they, they didn't open a full position. They only did a quarter time position. Um, and so I just happened to apply just trying to see, you know, maybe this is something I can, you know, I can enjoy and, and try a new position. Um, and it'd be, you know, super great to only drive like, five blocks instead yeah. <laughs> of 45 minutes. And so, sorry, go ahead. I, oh, I was gonna say, isn't that funny? Once you have kids that you have to squeak out every last minute of time you can from wherever you can get it and, and spending, you know, a couple hours in a car every day isn't super exciting anymore. No, no, it's not. And, and, you know, I actually, I really did enjoy like, you know, pre-Sam really enjoyed that, that drive. Cause you know, it gets to think and get your mind straight and you're going and, um, and like that decompression before you get home. But, you know, just having this little one at home, I just wanted to be home as soon as I possibly could. So um, having this position open up was, was fantastic and um, interviewed here. And they said, you know, it's only quarter time. You're only going to be teaching about two class periods a day. And, and it was a definite drastic switch. Um, But I, I took the leap of faith because they had told me, well, at some point, it will be full-time position for you. And so I took the leap and I said, all right, let's do this. Let's start this program. Um, They had not had agriculture in this school um, since I guess the early seventies is kind of what I'm getting from my historical markers. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that was a big shift for some of our kids. Um, But we definitely have great community support and great families that really were pushing for this Um, because our kids, if they wanted to take ag, were going to have to go to a different school and taking out about three periods of their day. And so it was really limiting some of our kids from taking an ag class because they couldn't take three periods out to go to get one at a different school. Mm -hmm. Um, So we we started the ag program. I just did um, last year was just intro to ag. Um, so it was just all the basic stuff. Um, and I had about 35 kids in class. Um, this quite year, a I act- for a first year program, I think, I mean, in my opinion, you know, it's, it's like, obviously there was a, a need there ready and waiting. Oh, absolutely. It was an absolute need. And, and I had about, um, 15 kids in my FFA chapter, which that definitely shows me as well. There is a definite, um, draw and a definite pull for students that really want to be involved in agriculture and agriculture advocacy. Yeah. Um, so what, what, tell me a little bit about the challenges of starting a new program, right? Like, um, I uh, mean, even though maybe there was one way back in, in history at some point, and for those of you listening who are maybe not based in Iowa, um, Bondurant is a, a smaller town, but I wouldn't even call it rural. Maybe it was at one point, but it's on the outskirts of Des Moines. It's in the metro area. I mean, heck, you guys are going to have an Amazon warehouse there soon. So it it's um, definitely like a, you know, th- there's rural around it, but it's it's a part of the metro, really. Yeah, we're, we're definitely one of the quickest growing towns in, in Iowa or close to it. Um, we are getting to be a big town, but still with small town qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely have a lot of people that are still agriculturally related, I think, in our area. Yeah. 
So was was there a challenge in getting this program up and running? I mean, I, I can't even imagine where you would start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's there's a lot of list of like little things that you have to do before even um, you charter your program. Um, so it's stuff like you have to make a constitution and bylaws, oh. um, and you have to have like ten actual members that are willing to be in your chapter, um, which that was super easy to get right away. Yeah. But it's um, those type of things. And it's, it's just like some paperwork type things and, and figuring out what you're going to actually name your FFA chapter, um, which sounds really funny to say out loud, but there's some schools that um, they're kind of together. They mesh two schools together to be one FFA chapter. Mm-hmm. And so they have to figure out what their school name is going to or their FFA chapter name is going to be. Yeah. Um, So from a standpoint of a a wife and a mom and a professional person, I mean, I I hear this a lot that, you know, being a teacher is not always the easiest thing. And being a teacher of agriculture and all the outside of school, um, you know, things that go on is a juggle. And I think that it is a hard thing for a lot of people. And I think personally, I would say if I was thinking about myself could be a really hard thing as a mom and a wife, because you do have all these extra hours outside of school that you have to spend on it. Has it been a juggle? I mean, t- tell me a little bit about your experience in that, because I think it's, it's, um, I don't want to call it a cliff, but I think I hear a lot of people who, you know, they might be in it a year or two and then they're, they're out, but you've been in it for a number of years now. Yeah. Uh, we always, it's, it's the rule trying to get ag teachers to year 10, um, between that year five and year, we'll say seven to eight is when most of our, our ag teachers kind of drop off. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Like the people will decide, you know what, I'm spending more time and effort on other people's kids yeah. and not enough time with my own kids. Yeah. And so that's kind of where it is. And, and, and it's definitely a juggle of being a wife, a mom, a teacher, an FSA advisor, because they're not always the same thing. Right. Um, I know right now trying to, you know, have everything for my FFA students and giving them my all. I've almost put my grading on the back, the, the back burner. Right. Don't tell my school that. <laughs> but like I put my, my grading on like the back burner for a little while because I'm trying to focus on them. Yeah. Um, and so definitely like I have to have a calendar. I still have the paper calendar because I feel more satisfaction like doing a paper calendar Checking than an online one. Yeah. Yes. And, and so um, I have to tell my FFA kids, well, these are the times I'm available to work with you. Or like we, with my officer team, I set out times ahead of the year, like at the beginning of the year, when we're going to meet. So I have those on my calendar. Um, and I can show my husband, all right, this is what I have. We share our calendar together and say, all right, I'm going to be gone, you know, this night working with my parliamentary procedure team. Can you pick up Sam from daycare? Yep. And like, we, we have to kind of juggle it all. And, um, especially this time of year, February, March, April, it's just a crazy time of year, especially for myself and my husband, since he's involved in FFA, the FFA world as well. It's, It's one of those that we're really glad that we have other people to help us out as well. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it helps to have a spouse that understands the, the pressures of that too, I'm sure. So, well, Caitlin, thank you so much. Okay, everybody, stick with us. We're going to be right back in. We are talking about all things women and FFA.
convince Caitlin to stick with us a little bit longer since she's got someone covering her class. Again, Caitlin, (laughs) thank you for making time in the middle of what I know is a very busy school day uh, to be here. So um, let's talk a little bit about your class. And um, I know from being there, and and maybe that was just the people who came, um, I guess, when I was there, there was a lot of young women in your class, right? And this is not uncommon across FFA, I know. Uh, these days anyway? Yeah, it's definitely um, more women or young women are joining agriculture or at least wanting to know more and more about agriculture. Um, Even in my experience of being an FFA advisor, um, I have more girls and young women that are applying for some of our leadership positions or even um, trying to do some of our, our career development events that um, are ones that are a little bit harder and like they're really trying to push themselves um, through and and get some of those leadership positions that are typically more male dominated. Yeah. And I suppose um, maybe there's something good about a new chapter for that too, right? Because it's like, this isn't the way that it's just always been. It's kind of wide open. So we're we're all here and we're all showing up and we're all going to jump in this. Um, but Definitely. I, uh, we did a Facebook live a little while ago and, and we came and were in your classroom and, um, there was a couple young women that were wearing farm hair shirts and I had the chance to go, uh, you connected me with them and, and I had the chance to go to their farm that I'm just going to call them the Johnson sisters. Cause there's, yep. there's a handful of them. Um, and, uh, what cool young women I, I, I bet you feel lucky to get to experience such strong kids on a regular basis, whether they're boys or girls, right? Right. Um, the Johnson sisters are like, they're an amazing family. Um, and they're, their mom and dad, and even the three girls are willing to do anything or everything I possibly need. Um, I do get the privilege of having all three of them in, in class this semester. Wow. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's a great, um, and so it's it's an awesome opportunity for me um, because these are three young women that are are striving to to be the excellence in agriculture and FFA and everything they do. Um, Lydia right now is serving as our South Central District reporter. Um, Grace Johnson is actually the middle one is is applying and actually got balloted um, for a district office this year as well. So she's our first girl to ever try or even student to try for district office. And then she's our first person to ever be balloted um, for district office as well. And then um, Bridget, so the youngest one, is actually um, our FFA Creed speaker for this year. I love it. You know what? I, I got them to jump on to uh, Shining Bright recently, and they didn't brag on themselves as much as you did. So thank you for telling me all of that. <laughs> they told Absolutely. me so, but, but that's pretty cool. And and yeah. this is just what I love, love, love about FFA. Um, how does it make you feel to see to see them flourishing, you know, in your program? Well, I, I just love to see see these students from year to year to year. And, and I only, I know I've only had these girls for two years, but just to see the change in, you know, the kids that were my freshmen last year to see how much they've come out of their shell and become this, you know, awesome student, which they were awesome students back then, but they're actually stating their opinion and going outside their comfort zone. Like Mm -hmm. if you would have asked me last year, who was going to apply for district office or anything like that, I probably would not have pinpointed Grace. But this year when she walked into this school year and I was like, this 
this is the girl I knew she could be. This is the, um, you know, excitement and leadership that I knew she could. She just was kind of holding it in last year. So it's great to see that, that journey and that change in her. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So if you could give one piece of advice to a young woman, maybe a grace or uh, somebody else out there listening, what would that be as, uh, as somebody who's had FFA be such a part of their lives? Um, I think take up every opportunity as you can. Um, you know, I, I like to tell the kids at the beginning of the year, FFA is like a buffet. You can choose your, you know, your dinner, your, your whole plate throughout the four years. You can do little things or you can eat from the whole buffet. You can do everything possible, but take the opportunities that, you know, someone puts in front of you, whether it's your advisor or someone else. Um, puts in front of you and and really run with it and and try something new that you may not feel the most comfortable with um, the first day yeah but it'll it'll be worth it yeah I love that Caitlin thank you so much for what you're doing uh, in your district and for the young people in FFA and thank you for giving us some time absolutely thank you so much of course possible to capture the accomplishments of 50 years of women in the FFA organization, but country music artist Tennille Towns has done just that with her new song. So I have to ask you, uh, first off, what does it feel like to be part of such a monumental um, date in this organization, to be able to write a song to commemorate this? It is truly an honor. I feel like when I heard about this project and sat down to like pick up a guitar and start writing out these songs. It was like I was imagining 50 years of legacy that all of these women have just been a part of building through the generations. And I think um, what an amazing thing to celebrate. I'm really just so excited and really grateful to get to be a part of this. And I can tell you that these women are going to be so honored because you really did capture like who they are in the words of the song. The first time I, I heard it, I could just see so many of the women that I've met along mm. the last few years. I mean, I could see their faces and I could see them interacting with their mothers and I could mm. see them working in the field till dark, you know, what whatever that is, that grit, that grace, like, mm -hmm. you nailed it. Well, thank you. That yeah. means a lot coming from you. Yeah. I love the lens that you see all of that through. So thank that's you. really cool. Thank Thanks. you. Well, it, I know it's going to be a, a hit amongst them, and it does capture their heart and soul. So capturing the voice of these women and who they are through country music, tell me a little bit about what that means to you. Because uh, take rural America and mm -hmm. country music and slam them together, it makes perfect sense, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, it makes sense from wherever you're from in the sense of feeling that connection to home and that sort of anchor of who you are, I think comes from what you're raised with and surrounded by. I know growing up for me, it's like driving that gravel road to get to the house that I grew up in. And there's, there's just a feeling where it's like, okay, this is, 
this is home, this is where I learned the shape of who I am and where I felt the influence of the people around me in such a pivotal time of growing up. And, you know, I think it, for me, I feel so grateful to have had such really strong women in my life that I looked up to. I mean, my mom and my grandmother are just like, for, my great-grandmother, they're forces to be reckoned with. They are just super passionate, determined, dedicated heroes to me and supported by, you know, men and, you know, men and women in, in our community. And, uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I think of, or that's what I tried to channel, I think, kind of going through writing this song is, what does this mean in, in my experience of, of growing up, looking up to those kind of role models? Well, I feel like I went home with you in the song. So, Thanks, so well, good. Great job. I, um, you know, I'm a big believer of if you can see it, you can do it, you know? And, and so young women who are in the FFA organization today, they do look up so much to their mothers and their grandmothers and their community members. And so it, it's such a powerful thing to have someone to pattern yourself off of. And I know you just talked about your grandmother and your mother. Um, was there somebody in your life as well who, you know, really like you have followed in their footsteps, you feel like as far as like who you are and, and how you like navigate life? Yeah, I mean, very much my family to me and my mom and my grandmother, great-grandmother. I mean, I guess it kind of is in the blood in that <laughs> sense. It's like, it's sort of inevitable that you you kind of adapt characters from that and, and to, I guess, look up to the pursuit of of where they're headed and and also to find your own way in that. You know, it's like to be able to know that you have a voice just like they have a voice and maybe it's different or maybe it's, of reflective of it a little bit, but I think when you have the belief of people around you who will support you whether you fly or fall, it's like you're gonna go for it. Yeah. And I'm, I had the the great pleasure of getting to hang out with um, some of the the kids from FFA, and specifically, I think some of the girls that I was talking to is just like what confident powerhouses. Like you can feel that they're they they have that sense of community and belief and. Um, and I, I love seeing that in them. They are some of the best kids. I always mm -hmm. say, like, if you know an FFA kid because they do <laughs> have that poise and they mm -hmm. they are confident and it's such a great organization. They know who they are. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Today was a unique situation in recording the song because this studio was filled with women. And yes. in my understanding, that is not a normal thing um, for no. a song to be all women artists on the song. So. Um, tell me a little bit about your thoughts around that because it was a, a very unique thing and I loved it. These women rocked it. Today. They really did. Yeah. It, we were, yeah. it was such a fun, fun experience kind of bringing this together and um, I really was just blown away by everybody and it's true, it's not very common. I woke up this morning and it's like, first of all, it doesn't ever feel really like work to come and just like right. play music and jam some songs, but it's like, okay, we're waking up to go do this today and I'm going to get to be surrounded by this sisterhood and army of just incredibly talented women. And yeah. it's, it is unique. And I, I loved getting to sort of feel that spirit in the room today from everybody with our amazing producer and our incredible engineer and everybody working, you know, behind the scenes in all of this is got that sort of touch, I guess. And that um, I think it's really special to see everybody to coming together. And also it was great conversation and talking about 
where the song came from and sort of that element of home. It's like, I think we're all so much more alike than we realize sometimes. Mm. And we all come from small towns and we're talking about our grandmothers and you know, how they were farmers yeah. and people that, you know, I think set the trend generationally for us to be able to be like, those are the kind of footsteps that we want to follow. And I think bringing everybody together in the room today was a very a clear culmination of that. Yeah. I always say being a farmer is a state of mind, right? Like mm. it's, there is some piece of that in all of us because it's, it's there somewhere in most people's history. And I talked to so many people today, like you said, who uh, wanted to tell me the story of their mother or mm -hmm. their grandmother or somebody that they know and, and they're out there and they're just awesome, awesome, yeah. amazing people. Did you draw from any personal experiences in writing this song? Because the words are just so heartfelt. I mean, from the get-go, I absolutely loved where it took me. Like I said, I could just picture so many people, but um, tell me a little bit about your experience and how that played into the, the song. Yeah, thanks for asking. I mean, I really did try to sort of put myself in, in the shoes of trying to capture the spirit of the song the best way I could as a storyteller, but also I think that means channeling personal truth. And for me, it was like I was back in, in the vehicle that I was driving down the gravel road to my house that I grew up in. It's like we're surrounded by canola fields and there's such a bright yellow golden feeling to it. And it's like the sky has this way of just wrapping its arms around you and you feel like you could do anything in the world that you put your mind to. Why couldn't you in all of the space and possibility? And um, also to be surrounded by the community that I was growing up. That it's, it's the kind of town where everybody's looking out for one another and, you know, supporting different fundraisers or events or just getting people together to have dinner and you know be there for each other cheering on the home team it's like just the stuff that I grew up with so I tried to keep little pockets of that throughout the song well like I said I felt it I um I I love it it does take you home and I think that you are a testament to you having those people around you that small town holding you up that you can go do whatever you want because look at you here today right well thank you i'm so grateful to be here I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. I have to tell you, uh, you know, getting to be a part of this song and this video, um, even though it was kind of like this roundabout way that, you know, they happened to find uh, me and it was already in the works. It was already underway. But it turns out that I had the pictures of, like I said, the women who were such um, an inspiration to Tennille as she wrote the song. And so sitting down with her and hearing a little bit about her inspiration was awesome. And, and here's what I want to tell you guys. I got to go to Nashville. I got to go into this recording studio and I was literally like a fly on the wall. And it was such a neat experience. So very different from anything I've ever done. And it was just me and my camera. And I stayed on the outer edges of the wall and was very quiet. And I made sure that I captured that day in photos as well. And getting to see uh, not just Tennille, but all of the women was an amazing experience. These are true artists. And what you hear in this song is exactly what I heard. 
on the inside of the recording studio that day. These women are amazing at what they do and that they all came together to lift up women in agriculture and the women who have been a part of FFA over the last 50 years and the ones who are going to be looking forward was an amazing experience. So without further ado, here is In My Blood. This is me clapping. 
I can't tell you. I've listened to the song, I don't know how many times now, and it is in my brain. It is there when I wake up. It's there when I go to bed. I'm humming it as I walk around the house uh, in the middle of the day when I'm working. And it just speaks to me so well. I absolutely love it. And, you know, from the very beginning, when I heard the song, I could close my eyes and I could see the women. I could picture, you know, Melissa Eshelman. I could picture uh, Jamie Harden. I could picture so many of the women who've been on the other side of my camera because these words describe them so well. And so uh, if you are not familiar with Tennille Towns, now is the time. You are familiar with her now uh, from here. So a few other things that you can go do. This isn't just the song that you heard here. This is a video and the video is where our pictures are and you get to see inside the studio on the day that she and all these other women recorded the song. And it's awesome, you guys. So you got to go over to her YouTube channel to check it out. Tennille Towns, T-E-N-I-L-L-E, T-O-W-N-E-S is how you spell her name. You can find her on YouTube. It's super easy. You're going to see it. It's the In My Blood video. So go watch that. that that's number one right there. But um, she was at the National FFA convention last year and connected with, you're going to see it in that video. She connected with a lot of young women who really look up to her. And after hearing her story, I have to say, um, it makes me look up to her even more. You know, she has, been, this has been a lifelong journey for her, a lifelong journey. And she is from uh, way up north in Canada and made her way all the way down to Nashville. And she's been uh, working really hard to get to this point for many years. And she is an absolute treasure. She is such a great artist. I mean, her, her voice is exactly what you just heard. It is amazing and wonderful and so fun to get to watch her through her creative process there that day. Uh, and so she has joined forces with Ram to commemorate the anniversary of 50 years of women in FFA. And she wrote, recorded, and also filmed the music video for the song, um, which again, you can see over on YouTube because it's absolutely absolutely cool. And so uh, here's to Ram Trucks. Also, they have supported FFA since 1953 with almost seven and a half million dollars in funding for scholarships, programs, competitions, teacher recruitment, all the things that make all of the FFA students uh, and FFA kids world go round. Ram Trucks has been supporting that since the beginning. And I have to say that makes me really proud that we have one parked out in our garage too. We rely on ours every day. And uh, so this was a really cool project. And, you know, to bring things full circle, I started Farm Her because of a Ram Truck commercial. It spoke to me so much. It filled like my brain with ideas and passion and excitement. And I loved that commercial. And that's really, really what gave me that push to go forward with what I've done with Farm Her over the last seven years. So, hey, thanks Ram for including us in this, but but really, I mean, you know, for giving us inspiration in such beautiful music and important words and beautiful imagery to go along with that. And of course, FFA, we can't forget National FFA, 50 years of women in this organization. So coming up next, we're gonna talk to Molly Ball at in the National FFA organization and hear about her why and her how. So stick with us.
continuing. We're just going to keep celebrating FFA yeah. week, I think, in the in the ongoing it's realm of this year, year, right? So yeah. um, I think it's a solid theme to carry out. It is. It is. 50 years of women in this organization. And we are celebrating it all year. We have these Courageous Contagious shirts yep. that all the proceeds go to National FFA. So if you haven't gotten yours yet... Um, you can head over to our website at farmher.com and get one, of course. But here on the phone, we are talking to Molly Ball, who is the president of the National FFA Foundation and the chief marketing chief marketing officer for the organization. Molly, welcome to Shining Bright. Thank you. Thanks for having me during this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are so happy that you're on. Um, what what a cool organization FFA is. We've been talking to young women over the last few weeks, and uh, I, I've been talking to a lot of young women over the last few months, really. And actually, not even that all the time. All the time. We always talk uh-huh. to young women who <laughs> this is a, a, a young women and women of all ages, like Aaron sitting here in the room, who FFA has been a major part of their lives too. So it's a, a fun discussion to have. So Molly, yeah. can you tell us, let, let's start by having you introduce yourself a little bit to our audience. Yeah. What is your background? Uh, did, did you grow up on a farm? Do, do you have experience in agriculture? I did. I did. So small farm in Vicksburg, Michigan. My dad actually worked full time for when it was Upjohn Company. He was electrician for the Upjohn Company. And then we had just a small, um, you know, hobby farm. So mm-hmm. when he come home at night, we'd load up in the tractor and we'd bale hay or we, um, you know, push grain. And I remember as a little girl standing in a um, grain um, um, uh, gravity flow pushing soybeans down so my dad could put them in the bin. Um, you know, and I probably probably wasn't the safest thing right. in the world, but there I was. Um, yeah. But then we really got into livestock and horses. And, um, you know, I, in part of, I was an FFA, um, my chap, my hometown has an FFA chapter still today. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was able to be a part of that. And my supervised agricultural experience was around my horses and, yeah. um, growing, um, growing hay for them, different kinds of hay, that sort of thing to, to measure their performance. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a kind of a idyllic life there in, in Southwest Michigan and, um, was just really blessed to, to be mm-hmm. part of, of ag in a very small way. Yeah, yeah. Well, great. you know what? I always say no matter what way you're involved, like every, yeah. everyone's got a little bit <laughs> different yeah. story, right? And how long you've been involved or how big or small the farm was, it, it all matters. And yeah. it all builds to, uh, you know, like the agriculture culture, culture. that we have. Um, so you spent some time in FFA. Where did you go from there? Can you tell us a little bit about your path uh, to your to your role at FFA now? Sure. So, you know, like everybody's, I, I always tell young women, like, just let your path, uh, it's going to zigzag around and just let it go, right? right. Don't try to control where you're going to be, where you're going to go, because these opportunities just come in front of you and just take them. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I graduated from Michigan State University. And I was an intern while I was at Michigan State for uh, National Convention in the newsroom. And at the time, um, my the lead of the newsroom was Bill Stagg. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, he actually, you know, um, if anybody, listeners out there, remember Bill, um, he would interview you without you knowing you were being interviewed. <laughs> and so um, I got a call that spring after I graduated to see if I'd come interview for National FFA. It was when... We were going to move to when the center was moving from uh, Alexandria, Virginia, to oh, yeah. Indianapolis, 
And so um, luckily I was hired. And so I was part of that move in 1998 and also the move of the convention next year, the next year from Kansas City to Louisville. So that was very interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember those years. <laughs> I remember. And yeah. I was on the communi- communication staff and actually was in media relations at the time. And that was um it was a lot of fun for a 22-year-old to be in the mix of those media times of uh, closing a door in Kansas City and opening it in uh, mm-hmm. Louisville. So I was at FFA and then, um, you know, wanted to get back to Michigan and uh, went to work for the Michigan Farm Bureau mm-hmm. for a few years. And then I left there. I didn't really leave there. They housed the Michigan FFA Foundation mm. in the Farm Bureau. Yeah. And so um, was lucky enough to be able to take that role within the Farm Bureau um, to be the executive director of the Michigan FFA Foundation, um, uh, was successful at that, moved back down to Indianapolis to start the individual giving program. Um, and it was at a time when we always knew that we needed to collect data on our alumni, but really didn't know quite how as a nonprofit organization. And so, you know, I, I had to, it was kind of a crossroads in my life for those young ladies. I think I was maybe 25, 26, and I was like, where, where's my next, Right. And so my next was in fundraising. I wanted to be in fundraiser. And so um, a good friend of mine here said in Indianapolis, um, you need to cut your teeth in higher education if you want to fundraise. So I went to Kalamazoo College and cut my teeth at higher in higher education. Long story short, was in higher ed development for about 10 years. Got a call one day that this position was open at National FFA. And my two loves of um, fundraising and, and FFA came together and we moved here to Indianapolis six years ago now. Yeah, that is a windy journey. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I feel like this winding journey, we've talked about it a lot. And yeah. I, I wish that I would have known that. I'm glad we talk about it a lot because I wish I would have looked at it that way when I was 20, yeah. 19. Um, but I feel like just in the last few years, I've realized that that exactly what has happened (laughs) and there's no there's really no way around it I think for a lot of people I mean maybe there is but you know I think Molly that brings me to to my Mm -hmm. next question about you so you obviously made a lot of decisions you you had a lot of decision points right where an opportunity presented itself and I think this is something that a lot of um, young women that we have met through our events struggle with right like we've Mm -hmm. got these big decisions in front of us can you tell us a little bit about how you how you decided like yeah let's let's do this let's change our lives and let's move to another <laughs> state and you know move to a whole different position um, and take that risk really. Um, well, you know, I you know you don't make these decisions in a vacuum by yourself. Right. And so um, I have a very supportive husband that has always been you know there to say let's just do it let's go you know let's <laughs> mm-hmm. try it let's do this um, you know and. And with fundraising comes a lot of travel and that sort of thing. And he, it's funny because especially in, in, in ag, as women know, or in higher education, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of um, young ladies that don't, you know, when they travel and they have young children, people ask you and you guys, Aaron, and you know this. I know what you're going to say. How do you do that? How do you do it? (laughs) Yeah. And so he kind of raises his hand and says, um, I'm here, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm 50% of this. So, um, you know, so he's taken on a big role. And so, you know, but when we moved here to Indianapolis, he said, I, I think I'm done. Um, you know, and I, this is whenever I see you 
talk about your children. When you talk about FSA, I see this huge glow in your eyes. So this is your dream job. Let's go. And I'm going to grow my business there. So it's just, you know, it's worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, that's the beauty of it, right? Like you're a person that has uh, taken a lot of the right steps, gotten the right education, uh, you know, and has a good support system. And those things all, I think, build to allow us to land on our feet when we need to. And and these things tend to work out. So that's cool to hear. Okay, we have more coming up in the next segment. We're going to talk a little, more, a little bit more with Molly about FFA and FFA Week and the celebration of 50 years of women in this wonderful organization. So hang with us here on Shining Bright. We will be right back. even have to remind you all of what we've been talking about. It's, uh, you know, wrapping up FFA week and also the celebration that uh, we decided at least for sure is going to go on for the rest of the year, yeah. right? Yep. <laughs> uh, I think carried on through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. F- 50 years of women in this organization. So Molly, uh, tell me a little bit about how FFA has looked at or is looking at the celebration of, of 50 years of women in this organization. And, and in those 50 years, obviously, women have risen to, to great lengths and done amazing things. You are one of them. Um, and it's paved the way for so many young women. So tell me a little bit about what's going on at FFA in celebration of that. Yeah, so last year, we kicked it off at the National Convention and celebrated, you know, we, we showcased some um, women that have done things, wonderful things in agricultural education, Macy Baker being one of them, and she was the first um, vocational teacher, um, educator who was uh, the board president, um, you know, a, 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 the first female um, national FSA board member. So we've done a lot of things at the national convention. We are highlighting women throughout the um, the year in our New Horizons and whenever we can. Um, you know, we have three young ladies as national officers this year, yeah. and they take the story, their story out um, as much as they can. Yeah. You know, I think... National FFA Week is a perfect time to celebrate uh, women in FFA and women in agriculture because, um, you know, we've got we've got these young women who are doing extraordinary things. I think this this month we actually featured in our magazine an all uh, women um, uh, officer team. And so, you know, these girls are just so excited to be part of um you know, everything they can in the food and agriculture industry. And we're trying to show them there are opportunities out there that are far reaching for them, that you can have everything you want. You can have your family, you can have a farm, you can, you can be an industry, um, you can be a volunteer and don't, don't, you know, don't let your gender stop you. And so, and these girls are just tackling things that are unbelievable. So some of the things in the agri-science fair that they're doing as freshmen in high school um, figuring out solutions for the future of agriculture. Amazing. So super excited about celebrating that this year. Oh, yeah. And um, I had the luck, I guess I'll call it, of getting to be engaged in this project with the country music artist Neil Towns. And so tell me a little bit about your, I guess, reaction and, and your feeling about the song <laughs> that she wrote and recorded, because I know what my reaction is, but I want to hear yours. Yeah, yeah. So I heard the song first and it was, um, it, you know, it's one of those things that makes your heart skip a beat. Yeah. But then I saw the video and I, um, Margie, I just cried, you know, I just <laughs> yeah. was like overwhelmed yeah. with pride, mm-hmm. overwhelmed with 
just, you know, look at what these girls can accomplish and do out there that, you know, I still find in industry sometimes that I'm the only woman in the room. Oh, yeah. Um, we have conversations about this constantly about women and leadership and companies and how do they get there. And one of the biggest things that I've had conversations about is that they think women think they're going to fail if they don't take a, an opportunity within the company. Um, they, they feel like they're going to fail either at home or at work. Mm-hmm. And we've got to help these young women understand that you're not going it, to, it's not going to be balanced. Right. But Never. It's never going to be balanced. <laughs> You're never going to fail. It is. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, yep. it is possible. And and women like you, I mean, I, I uh, through from her, you know, it's always been my my thought and my deep seated feeling that if you can see it, you can do it. And so through women like you, you're showing them like, I can do it. I can juggle all these. I might drop one here or there, but that doesn't mean failing. And that's again, why you have your education and your support system and and all the pieces around you, you know, to, to go do what you know you can do. And, and so that's pretty cool. And, and it's true there. I I was a woman in in the industry. I guess I technically still am. I'm not even sure where I belong, where I fit right now, but, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I worked for a little over a decade in corporate agriculture and, and, at that point, I I was the only woman in the room a lot of the times too, and and while that can feel uncomfortable, um, you know, if if you're in the right place and doing the right thing, I think that um, you know that's a, a road worth staying on, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. So the song, like, I I can't get it out of my head. You mentioned that <laughs> yeah, you heard it first, and I did too. And and you know, we we worked with them, and um, I was able to photograph some more women that were specifically some young women to uh, you know get that FFA uh, uh, visuals in there even a little bit more because it it is so important. But um, gosh, I just can't get it out of my head either. I kept myself singing it. Like, you know, wherever I am. So such a cool project. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's, it's moving. Yeah. It's, it's very moving. I can't Mm -hmm. wait for people to see the video. And I love your, the faces of the girls you took the photos and, and, um, just the, the, it's a very deep and how the video was made and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the all, all women engineers and all women bands. Right. It goes um, deep all the way through. So cool. It's Mm -hmm. very deep. It's very Mm -hmm. deep. So. I hope people enjoy it too. And Tanil's yeah. just been wonderful to FFA. Yeah. Um, some of the, what I cried about too was her embracing these young ladies I at the know. national convention yeah. in the video. And <laughs> these know. young girls are just crying because they get to see her. And it's like so mm-hmm. emotional because a lot of these kids don't get that opportunity. They don't even get to leave their county sometimes. Right. Uh-huh. Right. And so for uh-huh. us to have, you know, a this experience at the for her. Yeah, it's so cool. So hopefully those girls take something from what she's doing and blazing her path in the music industry. Gosh, and she is. I mean, she she's she's got a story already, right? And she's got oh, a long yeah, way left to sure. go. I know she does. She's she's amazing. You know, to get to I I, I literally was like I was like a Margie on the wall. I was like a fly on the yeah. wall when Which they were a recording. Whole role for you, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, I, yeah. I got to behind take, the camera. <laughs> yeah, take photos and okay. stay behind the camera. Uh, when they were recording that song and and she's just as genuine and as wonderful as she appears to be you know she she's a cool a cool young woman and I'm excited to see where she goes and and proud that she did this for mm-hmm. the women of agriculture for sure okay so Molly what mm-hmm. would you want to say to the women who came before you who helped pave the path for you oh gosh you know we still I you know there's so much opportunity 
out there that I, you know, I'm not even going to be able to embrace, you know, at my age. But I remember, you know, in FFA, especially FFA and agriculture education, the Nancy Trivets, the Karen Hutchison's, the Belinda mm-hmm. Chasons, all of those women that I looked up to when I was in my 20s here for the first time thinking, I want to do that someday. You know, I want to be them someday on a board or something like that. But, you know, I just think that there's, you know, just so just take advantage of anything that comes in front of you. And I know the women that are in FFA will, I don't even have a question about that because, you know, they're, they're going to be offered opportunities that are tremendous. And the questions, especially in ag until we turn a corner, like, how are you going to do it with young children, mm-hmm. you know, or the, you'll question yourself. And so you just have to do a lot of reflection. And like you said, Merge, you know, if you dream it, you can do it mm-hmm. and it'll all work out. Right. It somehow it all works out. It, um, it does. You know, sometimes yeah. a baby's sick and you yeah. can't make it to work and that's OK. And I've been really mm-hmm. blessed with, you know, male leaders and male role models mm-hmm. that have understood that she does have a family, but she does really well in her work yes. and her job. Yeah. And, you know, she's got to go to the dance recital. She's got to take the daughter to the dance. Mm-hmm. But you know what? She's still going to have her own. She's still going to work. Yeah. And I think it's not am- the amount of time you work. It's what you invest during the day and when you're there, uh-huh. right? I believe, so, I believe that too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, sometimes I think we get caught, especially in ag, that's yeah. the hardest thing because you are taught to work really hard yeah. in a really long hour. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, Molly, thank you for being uh, such a shining star for young women in this industry and for sharing your story with us. hope you have enjoyed this episode as much as I have. I mean, this has been months in the making. We started, gosh, like probably close to a year ago talking about this anniversary of 50 years of women in this organization. And I would like to point out that without all of the women who have paved the way and the men who helped pave the way for them to be in this organization, that it wouldn't be anything like it is today. I mean, we have women doing all different types of things in all different leadership positions. You heard Molly, uh, you know, you've heard the story of Aaron. You've heard the story of so many other FFA uh, people, women, farmers who've been a part of FFA and have carried it through in uh, their lives, right? Like you go back to our last week's episode. We have had women on throughout who this has just permeated their life. It has defined their path. It is such a cool organization and one that I think is really, really important for kids and uh, women, especially young women. And so, um, you know, we started talking about this like a year ago. And and here's the point where I want to remind you about something that we did to team up with National FFA to celebrate this year. We have some shirts. Their uh, courage is contagious is what they say on those shirts. And that's something I believe. It's something that spreads. It's something that I see and I hear in the voices and in the stories of the women that I meet. And courage really is contagious, right? Whether you spread it to someone else or you spread it to yourself through what you do, you know, you gain confidence when you put yourself out there and you try one thing and it works and then you try another thing and then it works and then it it really is contagious, whether it's within you or within your community. And it, it's so very important. So we have these shirts, Courage is Contagious. And they are available on our website and all of the net proceeds for those 
go right back to National FFA. So we are in the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars now of a donation that's going to go back to National FFA, which I am so excited for. Uh, But we started selling those right around convention in 2019. And uh, the big push will continue all the way through this year. And you can donate your money to FFA in that way and support Farm Her and spread the message of something that you feel proud of, that you uh, feel important to be a part of, whether that's Farm Her, whether that's FFA, whether that's both of those. But again, all of the net proceeds from uh, that sweatshirt and that t-shirt that you can find on our website. So you just go to farmher.com, you click the shop tab, there's an FFA uh, section in there and you can see those shirts and you can get one, you can get 10, you can get 20, you can give them to every woman you know if you want and do whatever you want. But here's the deal. It supports FFA, which is really important to us. So um, with that, you know, it has been such a cool thing to be a part of, you know, so enjoyable to get to share the stories and lift up the women who have been a part of this organization to be able to give back to. And, you know, even all the way back to you know, when this, uh, when this video and this song opportunity came up, getting the chance to, to think about like, who in my community could I go photograph that's going to help further this message? You know, we need some more young women maybe in my photos. And, you know, it was really fun to get to connect with a few young women who have taken the time. Here's the point. They took the time out of their lives They took the initiative to come to one of our From Her events. So whether that's our event or someone else's event, you know, it takes a lot to put yourself out there. And they did that. And so that's how I found them. They bubbled up to the top and they both immediately welcomed me to uh, their farms to see a little bit of their lives, to meet their family, to uh, let me put them on the other side of the camera And that was a joy and an experience of itself. And I am so proud to have some local people uh, appear in this video too, because it is an honor. It's an honor to be included. It was a neat thing to be a part of, but let's not forget what it celebrates, right? It's, It's the grit and the grace of the women who appear on the other side of my camera, the women who work so hard every day to grow food, to raise livestock, to you know, feed their families, their communities, or maybe the whole wide world. It's the women that we get to celebrate and the women that Tennille Towns wrote about in her absolutely beautiful words in her song, In My Blood. I'm just so honored to get to be a part of it. And I'm honored for all of you out there as well, because she wrote about you. She wrote about you. Like you have a song about you. So with that, I'm going to remind you that you can go to Tennille Towns' YouTube page and you can see the video for In My Blood. You can watch it. You can take yourself into that studio for that day when we recorded it. See all those awesome women who are musicians who are playing on it as well. See the pictures, the farm hair pictures. You won't regret it. So again, head on over to YouTube and check that out. 